Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Podcast lovers. How the fuck are you, friends? Welcome to the show. Lions Lounge Lockdown is sponsored for the entire 2021 season by Match Scaffolding. Match Scaffolding is a company that is owned and operated not only by a Mill fan, but a personal friend of mine. So if you want some scaffolding in your life, please don't hesitate to check out Match Scaffolding's contact details in the description of this audio podcast offering. Our guest today is a Millwall player that wasn't there too long, but went on to have a 15-year career in the game. Plucks from non-league obscurity from Staines Town. Scott Taylor was like a whirlwind in 1995 in the Coca-Cola Cup when he scored two and set up another two in a famous night at Goodison Park against Everton. As I said, he didn't last too long at Millwall, but he went on to have a good career in the game. We speak in depth about his career and that brilliant night, as I mentioned, in the Coca-Cola Cup in 1995. This is Lions Lounge Lockdown, episode 39. Scott Taylor. Enjoy. We're going to go in three, two, one. Lions Lounge Lockdown, episode 39. Who are Scott Taylor? How are you, mate? Thanks for joining us. <laughs> yeah, it's good to be on, mate. It's good to be on. I see your shows and that, you know, they're really good. And it's nice to see some old faces being interviewed and, um, and seeing what they're up to nowadays. So, yeah, it's good. Brilliant, mate. Looks like life's treating you well. I said you um, you come to me when I was 15. I said, I look older than you now. <laughs> <laughs> I've put on a little bit over lockdown, so I need to get rid of it. But, yeah, not too bad. Thank you very much. So, you joined me in 1995. Um, you signed from non-league Staines Town, is that correct? That's right, yeah. I sort of broke into the first team at Staines at around probably about 17 years old, um, 18, and then started scoring some goals. And then um, a load of scouts come down looking, uh, Millwall obviously being one of them. But the, the first was uh, Chelsea who took an interest um, and they sent me down for a week's trial down there. Um, and I'll never forget it because, you know, coming from Staines and then I get plonked into the first team change room with the likes of Wise, Spencer and, you know, that kind of era. Jesus. And um, they sat me right next to Dennis Wise. And then Graham Ricks come in and I didn't really know of him. Do you know what I mean, back in the day, but he's not like an Arsenal legend. And he goes, uh, hello, Scott Morning. I'm going to take you for training today. I said, yeah, yeah. You know, my name's Graham Ricks. I went, oh, pleased to meet you, Graham. And he walked out and then I was in such an awe. I was like, fuck, what's his name? I forgot his name. So Dennis was sitting right next to me and I said, Dennis, I said, um, 
what's his name again? Sorry, I forgot. And he goes, fuck it. He goes, Rexy! <laughs> he pulls him back, right? And he goes, do you know what he just said to me? He goes, who's that fucking C-U-N-T going to take me training? I don't want to train with that fucking idiot, do you know what I mean? And he absolutely ruined me the first day. And I, I'll never forget it. And um, I just thought, oh, shit, that's typical Dennis Wise, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I was there a week on trial. I, I think I'd done all right, to be honest. Um, I come back and then I think they put an offer in, but Staines wanted more, I think, because it is Chelsea. And then Chelsea went, well, we're not too sure. We'll have him back for another a week's trial. So I was like, yeah, fine, no problem. Um, and then before I know it, on the Thursday night, I got a call from my manager at Staines and he just said, do you still want to become a professional footballer? I said, what do you fucking think? And he goes, well, Millwall have come in. They put an offer on the table. Mick McCarthy wants to meet you Sunday night at the Hilton Heathrow. I went, I started shaking. Goosebumps coming up. I thought, oh my God, boy, a dream. So I went down Sunday night, met Mick McCarthy. Um, he just said, here's a contract. You've got a three-year deal, signing on fee. Um, are you happy with the terms? I went, I'll sign anything. I don't, you know, it's my dream. I don't care about the money. Um, money back then was totally different anyway. Um, yeah. But he said, uh, I, I said, yeah, where do I? He goes, right, I'll get uh, Ron to pick you up Monday, have a medical, uh, sign the contract properly and that, and then start training Tuesday. And I was just, I, I'm, I'm getting I'm getting goosebumps now talking about it because I, I'll never forget it. You know, an 18-year-old kid, boy of dream, uh, Millwall as well. Do you know what I mean? So, it's, was, it's you a, was, was you a Mill fan growing up or? No, I, was, I, I didn't really, I was more, I know you're going to rate this, but I was like West Ham when I was a little kid. Um, yeah. But then, but then once I've been in the game now, I don't, I don't really support anyone. I just, I just follow my old clubs. Mm. Um, the ones that you know, I've got a lot of passion for, really. So, mm. and Mill will be in one of them. You know, my kids are both supporters. Uh, I'll try and get down the den with my daughter. I've been down a few times last year, uh, or not last year, the year before. Brilliant. Um, but since lockdown, we've I've not been able to take her down there. No, of course not. So, what sort of I'm thinking at 17 years old during Staines breaking into their first team, it was a bit of a whirlwind, wouldn't it, to go on loan at Chelsea, then sign for Millwall. What sort of how come she wasn't picked up as a younger player, though, you know, as, as a kid by a pro club? I, I was, um, at, uh, I got picked up by Wimbledon uh, when I was like 14, 15. Um, and then my dad used to drive me all over the place, like to games and training and that. And then they kept messing you around, like they'd say, I'll oh, come to training, you get there. And it was, oh, I was called off tonight. Well, why don't you tell us? Or come to a game and no, you're not, you're not part of the squad today. I'm like, yeah. My dad said, you know what? It's a waste of time. The communication shit. He goes, look, if you're good enough, you're going to make it. You need to be playing regular first team football at your age now and show what you can do. And, um, you know, I got lucky. Um, he was right. I, I played regular first team football for Staines. I was banging in goals. Yeah, so just playing week in, week out and got spotted. Brilliant, thankfully. mate. And you come to me, what was your first impressions of the club? And, you know, I went down there on the Monday, had a medical with, I think it's Dr. Charlotte back in the day. Um, she was a lovely lady. And then they walked me around the stadium and I'm just like, oh my God, this, I've, I've sort of, I've half done it. Do you know what I mean? It's pretty um, grand spanking half... new at that point, wasn't it? It was, what, a year old? It was, yeah. It, it was beautiful. Absolutely fantastic. And then um, I think I, I trained on the Tuesday and I think I got thrown into a reserve game on the Wednesday straight away at the den as well. So that's my first ever game. My dad come and watched. And afterwards I said, how'd I do, how'd I do? Because, you know, you're panicking because you stepped up from the Deodora League to, I mean, I was in Division One at the time. And um, he said, I'll tell you what, he said, you did not look out of play. And my dad's my biggest critic. 
yeah, yeah. Um, God rest his soul. And um, he said, you did not look out of place at all. You know, you, you look like you've been there years. And I was like, oh, brilliant. Because he'd tell me the truth, you know. Mm. Um, so, and it sort of rolled on from there, really. Back then as well, like, it isn't like now, like 23s football. Like, you hear a lot of pros say ex-pros. That, that resi football was still tough. Yeah. Yeah. Was, we had, um, like, the West Ham's, Chelsea. We, we was playing all the local teams as well. Um, and it, it was a, a tough reserve game, uh, reserve uh, league, so to speak. Um, but I loved every minute of it. I was just uh, buzzing. I was there. I had a three-year deal. And I just thought, right, next step, I've got to break into the first team. I remember Mark Kennedy, I think, he sort of went just as I come in. And I see yeah. in the papers that he went for two mil to Liverpool. And I just thought, I want to, I want to get as far, I want to progress, I want to go as far as I can. Do you know what I mean? And, um so, yeah, I just sort of had them sort of ambitions and dreams once I was there. And because I was working full-time before, doing like six till two shifts or eight till fours, I literally grabbed it at both hands. I thought, I don't want to be going back working again, whereas this is what I wanted to do. And, you know, I sort of grabbed it and took it. No, no, you're saying you feel like I've, I've made this now. No one's taking it away from me, do you know what I mean? No, I remember a couple of lads signed from non-league the same time as me as well. And um they were sort of going out on a Tuesday night down at Jim Palace, down the old Kent Road and things, and thinking, oh, I've got a three-year deal. And within a year, they're back in non-league. Lee so, McGrogan, one of them, was it? Yeah, he was one of them, yeah. <laughs> Daniel yeah, he, was, he was a character, yeah. Was he? Um, yeah, he was, he was... I think me and him shared a room because we come at the same time. Um, nice lad, great lad. But I think he sort of went down that road a little bit, whereas I wanted to say, no, I'm fucking giving up everything. I'm, I want to, you know, just because I've signed a three-year deal... You know, you've got to you've got to keep performing, keep impressing to get another three year deal, another three year deal. And you know, thankfully I've done that through my career. So you was you want was you from like Staines Way? Did they ship you over, put you in digs, or because it's a I know it sounds stupid, but to get to Staines to Bromley every day is quite a slap, isn't it? Or at that time. It is, it is a bit of a slap, but I, I um I stayed where I was. It's only like well, without um without traffic, you're looking at 40 minutes, so it ain't too far. But it's like about an hour, an hour and a half in the mornings. Coming home was right. She finished at 12, didn't you, around that time? So <laughs> I travelled in with um, Beardy every day. So I shot down the A3, come off at Charrot and Bowles, and he lived sort of just the Sutton area. So we used to meet at his house there and then just go to the back roads to Bromley. So he weren't too bad, to be honest. Well, boy, he is Beardy, by the way. Legend, isn't oh, he? Yeah, he's, he's fantastic. Great lad. Great character. Yeah, I travelled in with him for well, the best part I was there, really. Mm. Um, played in reserves with him. Yeah, still a lot of... He, um, when I finished my career I ended up going back to Staines and then um, and then Tooting and Mitchum he was manager Tooting and Mitchum and he got me down on loan with him down there for a bit to help him out so nice. Yeah, it's nice great lad your meal debut do you remember it I was I come on I was on the bench yeah I think I can't remember the date but all I remember was I weren't in the 16 or 12 or wherever it was back then. I can't remember. Like, I think it was about three subs, wasn't there? Uh, I weren't on the bench and I was up in the stand getting ready to walk because everyone had to go and watch the game whether you're involved or not yeah. at home. And I was up there munching away on a burger and um, the physio was like, like frantically waving up where we're all sitting and then we was all looking around going, what's he fucking waving at the nutter? And then he kept pointing and everyone was going, what? and eventually it come to me and he goes, yeah, get down here. So I was like, fuck. So I finished my burger, went downstairs, got in the change room. When someone got injured, I can't remember who it was, and um, just said, right, you're on the bench, get changed. I was like, mm -hmm. fucking hell. So I didn't even have time to worry about it or think about yeah. it or, you know, drive to the game. No, I'm, I'm on the bench. It's just like, bang. And then I come on for about 15 minutes and 
I think I just run my socks into the ground and um, done all right and sort of stayed on the bench ever since. Yeah, it was Port Vale. Port Vale were home. We lost 2-1. On the 5th of April right, 95, yeah. I, did, I did my research this morning, but how do you feel, just, this isn't in my notes, just thinking, how you feel as, as a footballer, you know, you'll be the first to meet, you didn't always start for me a wall, and you wasn't always on the bench, but like you said, two, three subs in them days, now, different story, you may have got a lot more opportunities, mightn't you? I might have done, yeah, to be honest, um, I was sort of off the bench, on the bench, um, but I just, I was just buzzing with the whole thing, and if I weren't on the bench, I was like, right, I want to get on the bench. So um, it was it's just brilliant and to be around and just wanted to just keep bettering myself every day and training and keep improving and impressing to get a regular bench spot and then maybe you know one day you know, a, a regular first team spot but I, I weren't there unfortunately long enough to get that opportunity but um, the opportunities I did get I sort of grabbed and took with both hands. When you first came to the club because there's other strikers at the club at this point Kerry Dixon, David Oldfield and Richard Cadet so. Well, two couple of very good players there, but aging players and Richard Cadet, not so much so. But what what did Mick, Big Mick say was going to be your role within the team? Did he did he let you know on that one, or did you say come to the club see what happens, or did you say no? I'm no, he just I think he um, I think he just see a lot of potential and a lot of rawness in me as a young kid um, with sort of no fear, um, and he, he never really just said you know you're going to be pushing for first team spots. Right? He just he wanted me there and he he wanted to nurture me and progress me in training. Um, and you know, if I'd done well, then I'd be taking their spots basically. But, yeah. um, yeah, it's just it's one of them. But all, all three of them are great characters. Yeah, I come up, come across Dave Oldfield, played against him a few times later on in our career in different clubs. And you know, Kerry's just Kerry, he's just a wild card. I've, um, yeah, I can't, yeah, do you know what? Someone else said this, and I, I couldn't work, I couldn't believe that when I heard it. I just apparently he's like a yeah, he's a bit of a he's a real character covered in oh, gold, soft rings, and all sorts of things. Yeah, he was a big gambler back in the day as well, which sort of um, didn't help him a little bit. You know, we'll, we'll meet at Todditon Services and he'll be just get his mate over and just whisper a few things and just put a few quid and he'll go to the bookies and whatever. So, but he, he was such a lovely fella and all, really nice, down to earth. You know, for someone who's, who's quite a big time player back in the day, yeah, um, he was so down to earth and so humble. And, you know, he, all three of them, to be fair, sort of made me feel welcome, didn't make me feel like on, on edge or anything like that. Um, yeah. It was quite nice, and Richard Goodet. I played a, a vet team, um, and he's turned out for us a couple of times. So I bumped into him a couple of years ago, which was quite nice, and had a little run out of him. So yeah, it's all good. I'm safe. So the reason I said that about what did Big Mick say to you, your role in the team was going to be, or maybe he didn't, is in the '95 '96 season. Of course, in the summer, for the first time in a long time, you could say in Millwall terms, we half had a go financially. We brought in Ricky Newman, Bobby Bowery. Obviously, we sold a few players. And he brings in Uwe Fuchs, £750,000, and Chris Malkin, 400 k So yeah. how did you feel about when those boys come to the club? And I, and I want to know as much as you got on Uwe Fuchs. <laughs> Do they? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, you, um, I, d- I didn't really I didn't really rate Uwe much, to be honest with you. Um, I alone, mate. But- <laughs> um, but yeah, obviously, when when a manager buys in two new players that are in your position, you, you sort of get a bit, oh, fuck's mm. sake, do you know what I mean? But um, again, I was, I was young, come from non-league, so I was I didn't really understand that side of it as much. I, I was still like, well, I'll, I'll keep impressing, I'll keep impressing, I'll, I'll do well. It's just one of them things, you know. You can't mm. there's no odds about that. But um, yeah, they both come in, and I sort of had to keep to a back seat. 
Um, and I got my, I got a lucky break with um, the old Everton game, which was nice. Mm, yeah, we'll um, get that shortly. I was going to say to you, just say that when you said when people in your position come in, looking at the player you are was, and looking at football now, do you think you'd be more suited now? Like you was, you wasn't an out, an out striker, would you say, or was you, would you say you wasn't? No, an I, was, out? I, I quite liked. Um, I was more of a, like a number ten role, you know, yeah. like sort of just dropping in. I, I'm not like massive or, or physically strong. Mm. I'm, I'm strong enough to sort of hold my own. But when you come up against big area centre halves, then you know you tend to you got to play away a little bit from them. Otherwise, you're just going to get battered. But um, I think nowadays, yeah, I'd I'd probably do a lot lot better, um, you know, because I'm a bit more quick and nimble, and like yeah, I, I, I want the balls to feet more, and I can twist and turn. Um, so, you know, Malkin's, you know, long, gangly, tall, target man, Edders, uh, a bit like Uwe is a bit more physical. So I think they tried to go down that route a little bit. And um, yeah, sort of, I took a back seat. What was he like as a, as a person, Uwe Fuchs? Uwe, to be fair. some funny stories about some conflicting ones. I never really got in, I never really got involved in Noom too well for that, really. Um, I, I don't think his English was, was brilliant. Um, and we saw, I just only literally see him at training and that's it. I didn't sort of mix with him outside the club or anything. So I couldn't tell you much about him, unfortunately. Oh, no worries. Who were you good mates within, within the squad? Uh, Beardy was one, um, obviously. Lee McRobert, because we signed together. Um, more or less like the younger ones, like Tony Dolby's and things like that, you know. Mm. And uh, Was it Ben Chapman back in the day? I can't remember. Danny Chapman, Chapman wasn't it? Danny Chapman, that's the one, yeah. yeah. Sort of all the, the younger ones, really. And then you say he wasn't, he wasn't really getting in, obviously, for obvious reasons. We spent a lot of money um, on the, on those two. I didn't think Malkin was a bad player, really. No, uh, he's all right. He's a workhorse, isn't he? He'll, mm. he'll, put, he'll, he'll put it in for you. And he come from good pedigrees. Well, he, scored, he scored goals at other clubs he'd been at before he came come to Millwall. But um, was there a point where you was thinking, I've got, got a knock on his door here. I'm not, you know, I need a game. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I kept doing well in the reserves and um, Duvet weren't doing much and um, I thought I might get a chance with Malks up top you know Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Little and large kind of thing. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I was tempted, but I think I was, again, going back to my age and inexperienced in that era, uh, yeah. not era, in that environment. Um, I think I was a bit more scared to knock on the door because I thought you gave me this opportunity to become a professional footballer. I don't want to then start banging on your door and saying, why aren't you playing me? And things like yeah, that. Yeah, Whereas, yeah. you know, later on in your career, when you become a bit more experienced, a bit more man, manly, do you know what I mean? You'll go and knock on the door and say, you're taking a piss. Do you know what I mean? I'm doing well here. But I think I sort of just, just went with the flow kind of thing because of where I come from and being so young and naive about it all, I was just happy to be there. Yeah, you is, think, um, I was talking this yesterday, I think with Ronnie Ball the other day, and he said he was young. I said, well, how young was you? And he went 21. I said, to be fair, Ron, I wouldn't know what to say at 21. You was even younger than that. But thinking back now, do you think if you had knocked on his door and gone, Mick, what's going on here, mate? They ain't scoring. Get me in. Do you think, I think he might go on, fuck me, he's got some bollocks. But Yeah, that, that, that's what I'm saying. But I think, that, I think if I'd known what I'd known when I was 25, 26, yeah. like to go and knock on people's doors, then I would definitely have done it. Because as you said, it shows a bit of bollocks, a bit of character. Yeah. Um, and he, he might have gone, geez, he's like 18, 19, he's knocking on my door. You know, I quite like this character. Yeah, exactly. But, um, I, I wish I knew a bit more, you know, everything's hindsight, isn't it? If I knew what I knew when I was 25, 26, I would have been knocking on his door at 18, 19, definitely. Of course, of course. Well, I was just looking this morning on the Mill stats, the Mill history. So he, he started the season, I always thought it was uh, Malkin and Fuchs, but he actually started at Dixon and Malkin, then it went to Dixon and Fuchs, and then it went Malkin and Fuchs. You didn't yeah. really figure at all. You didn't, <clears throat> he wasn't figured either, sorry, in the um, the first leg against Evan at home, nil-nil draw. No, no. However, the second leg of the Coca-Cola Cup is, well, centre stage, mate. Now's your time. Talk us through it. Everything you can remember about the night. Two goals and two assists. I know. Well, I remember being on the coach, pulling up at the ground, and I thought, uh, I'm not even going to be on the bench. I'll just leave my bag here. I'll just go in, be a part of the squad. I think he just wanted to, you know, breathe me in slowly. And um, as I was walking off the bus, Big Mick goes, where's your fucking bag? I can't do the accent. He goes, where's your bag? And um, I said, well, down there. He goes, get your fucking bag and boots. You're on the bench, son. And I was like, Ooh. got my bag, got in there. I thought, Jesus Christ, I'm on the bench here at Everton. And... Um, I remember, I mean, that was, you know, a massive stadium. There's like 30, 40,000. I can't remember exactly the figures. And um, warming up before round, I was just, again, in awe. I thought, I've, I've gone from not being on the bench at all, not featuring, to being on the bench at Everton. Yeah. And um, Why do you think that? I just thought, do you think you just thought your time had come there? So, nothing to lose in the cup, throw you in into a big experience and situation. Exactly. And I think I think because I was doing well on the reserves as well, I think you might have thought, right, he's young, Raw, don't really care. Do you know what I mean? He'll just go out and enjoy himself, you know. Um, and that's exactly what I did, to be fair. I, I never expected to get on. Um, Thatcher got injured in the first half. So I think I come on about six minutes before the end of the first half. Yeah. So it sort of bled me in a little bit. I got a bit of the feel for the ball and that. I thought, this is great. And then went in at half time, 
come back out. And as I say, the rest is history. I'll, I'll never forget it. People always comment and comment to me about it now. Um, I think the first goal. We, we, sorry, we, got, before we go to the first goal, I'm sure we we, we two nil down as well. It's two goals in two the second half. Two nil down, start of the second half. Right out into Stewart. And the two men up here, Limpart, and down he goes. Penalty given. A lunge by Van Blurk, and Anders Limpart wins the penalty for Everton. It was a, such a stupid penalty to concede as well. He was going absolutely nowhere. Van Blurk does not complain because Andy Hinchcliffe can win the tie now for Everton. This is Everton's chance, and Andy Hinchcliffe deposits the ball in the bottom corner. Everton are on their way. Right out, a lovely flick through here. Stewart could finish it, and Stewart scores the second for Everton. Beautifully taken by Graham Stewart. When I come on, we're 2 0 down. So I think that's why I'm probably got on, to be honest. He could have picked anyone else, but he probably thought 2 oh, 0 really? down. Fuck it, give Scott a go. Do you know what I mean? Let him have an experience here. And talk me through the goals very, very slowly because I'm going to cut these in as well to, to, to the final cut of the, uh, the edit. <laughs> um, I can't remember. I think it's Alex Ray who's out on the right. He stuck a ball over to Duve, uh, Uve, sorry. <laughs> I prefer you think you Duve, it's brilliant. <laughs> he stuck a ball over to Duve and then um, I sort of spun, spun round and coming round just in case, pick up any pieces because there's always a few knocking around. That's and um, the ball, ball ricocheted and I just leapt onto it with my left foot um, one touch and then just passed it in, into the bottom corner um, and it's, it's just surreal over it comes here's Uwe Fuchs and the chance is still here for Taylor and a goal his first ever and Millwall get a goal back and Neville Southall still rooted to the spot and they believe they're back in this game and I thought right 2-1 We've got a he chance did, now. He never south and rooted to the spot as well on that first one. He didn't move, did he? <laughs> so, <laughs> big Nev, unlucky. <laughs> so, yeah. Just, just slotted in there and then um, that was it. 2-1, game on. Then you, um, we go straight away at the other end. Another fearless run for you into the box. I think El Barrett brings you down for a penalty, isn't it? Bit dubious pen, I think. To be honest, I think it's a bit unlucky. But when you when you really watch it, it did sort of clip me heels a little bit beforehand. But mm. um, yeah, I think uh, Sav Sav played the ball through. I just ran onto it. I was, I was quite quick back in the day, um, and then just got in the box. I was sort of going nowhere, so it's a stupid stupid. Um, he should have just shielded me out, but he, he dived in. Referee give a pen, and then Alex Ray took up and two two, and now it's now it's rocking. But Millwall are prone to leave gaps, but through the middle goes Taylor again. He's got the hole off Barrett. He's done well to substitute again there. And down he goes, and a penalty given for the challenge by Earl Barrett. And it's tit for tat here. Penalty at one end, penalty at the other. Earl Barrett can't believe it. Mr. Reid, strong his opinion. He did not hesitate. Alex Ray will take Millwall's penalty. And remember, it will make it 2 2. And the way girls can be so critical in this competition, Ray, two-two it is. And the, you know when the when Alex stuck the penalty, and I, I remember the the goals and the, the, all the fans were tucked in the corner over there, and the roar was fantastic. And then from then they just kept roaring and roaring, and Everton fans were just quiet. All you could hear was just the Millwall fans. Did, did it go to extra time? 
Yeah, it finished 2-2 yeah. and then went into extra time. Um, and that's when, the, the, I think, again, Sav whipped the ball out to Kerry Dixon on the right-hand side. I was getting in the box. Um, he, is, he had acres of space on his own. He, he sort of brought the ball down, controlled it, and then fired it across into the box. And I just remembered having one touch this way, shifting it to my right, and then sticking it in the top bins with my left foot. And I was like, nah, Nev, you ain't got a chance with that one. <laughs> You're, you see, you got goosebumps, mate. Well, actually, I've actually got a hard nipple, you telling that story, because it was... <laughs> <laughs> I, said, well, oh, I, I remember, yeah. as, as a fan, I wouldn't obviously... I didn't go to the game. It was it was a wager in midweek. I had to score, remember? Yes. My old man, take me to highlights on the London mat or wherever it was that was on late at night. And uh, I think he took Gabrielle Clark, used to be the commentator. And I, and I watched it before school. That's right. And I didn't know the score, and I couldn't believe... That is an app, and we're going to show it anyway on the screen. What an absolute worldie that is, by the way, that goal. Oh, he's, uh, it's one of, the, one of the fondest, most best goals I think I've scored because of because of my age, where I've come from, weren't on the bench a lot, got an opportunity at Everton. And, and to do that to a Premier League defender, Craig Shaw, and, you know, a, a legend goalkeeper, um, was was just brilliant. And I just ran away. I didn't know what to do. I just stuck my hands in the air. I, I didn't want to go all heroics or anything. I just put my hands in the air. Everyone just bundled round us. Um, and then, yeah, 3 2. I've come right back. I've just got to hold on now. Gary Dixon takes it away into the corner. One to aim at. That's the youngster Taylor. And Taylor! And then I think the fourth, I think I think I rolled Sav in for the fourth. He did, yeah. I got the ball out on the right and then just slotted him through and he done the rest. Taylor onto Savage, one-on-one -on -one here. Savage might really round off Millwall's night. It's 4-2. Millwall are in the third round of the Coca-Cola Cup. Everton are out. And it is, is all the, it's just brilliant. What, what a night. And then, yeah, it's fantastic back in the change room. What was the sort of feeling in the change room after the boys cooked off in shock at what you'd done? No disrespect oh, to you, he was a young player no. that you really know a lot about, do you know what I mean? No, not at all, not at all. I think so. Um, everyone's just buzzing, rubbing my head, you know, like, well done, Scotty, and stuff like this. And I, I remember sort of keep your feet straight on the ground. Not that I ever took off the ground, but I've always been quite humble and know where I've come from and, and wanted, never wanted to go back there. Um, and I remember Rhino, Keith Stevens, the captain at the time, he said to me, well done, Scotty. I went, oh, cheers, son. He went, don't call me fucking son. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, yeah, oh, yeah. So sorry, Rhino. Sorry, mate. <laughs> what you like as a skipper, Rhino? Some of the older reds, Alex Ray, great to be around every day, I bet. Oh, perfect. Yeah, I mean, Alex Ray's the character. Rhino is, you know, a proper leader, uh, warrior, just throw himself in front of anything. And you know, I, you know, say something like that. Just a simple, you know, cheers, son. Don't fucking call me son. And I was like, yeah, you knew yeah. where you stood, like you know. And yeah. you know, it's it it brilliant, absolutely. And then Coach Jeremy Owen was fantastic. And then all the papers the next day was yeah. Scotia Taylor, Royal Killer, and all that. And that's exactly what I was going to ask because, funnily enough, you mentioned Mark Beard. <laughs> Mark Beard said after he scored that day at Arsenal, he just sensed the change. Did you sense the shift? Not just around the press, but around from the manager and, and the club and the other players in the uh, yeah. in your reputation and your hype after that day. Yeah, I think so because I started to feature a little bit more on the benches and coming on and, and, and doing all right and um, and then just starting to get my feet under the table like sort of regular first uh, first team substitutes and um, and then got sold. 
but I, I was gutted really. Uh, I loved every minute being there, and I, I didn't want to go. But mm. um, I think Blackpool and uh, not Blackpool, um, Bolton and Blackburn come in for me after that for one and a half million. Really? And um, Mick McCarthy said, no, you're not going anywhere. You're my player. You've got another two years here. You're staying here. And I was like, all right, fair enough. That's, I'm happy with that. Um, and then a month later, I think he got the Ireland job. And Fuck then off. Jimmy Nichol come in and wanted to bring his own players in. And then Bolton come back in, I think, for 150 grand in the end. And Jimmy Nichol went, yeah, you can go if you want. And that was it. And I thought, I'm, I'm not going to feature here now. They, they, he doesn't want me. I was sort of a mixed player. Um, and I had to make the decision to go and speak to them, see what they had to offer. And they was in the premiership at the time, in a relegation battle, albeit, but it was the premiership. So, again, that was another boy of dream. Um, and, yeah, I signed for them not long after. Yeah. So, it's a bit of it's a, your whole thing at Mill, the good, well, not even the bad, just the change of management and then you're leaving the club. It was a complete whirlwind, wasn't it? I'm, I'm yeah. sure I remember after that cup game, you started to feature. I'm sure we started to play free up front at one point with you. Yeah, we did. And somewhere enough. else. I'm sure we did. Yeah, I think you're right. And I was, I was more on the left-hand side of it. Yeah. Um, so, I, as I said, I was getting slightly more appearances on the bench a lot more, starting to buzz a little bit more and think this is brilliant. And it all got sort of stopped very quickly and moved on. Before he left the club, Mick, of course, he, he did make one other random signing or two. The Russians, we've heard lots of stories on the Russians, you ran in Kolkov. Oh. What do you remember? Yeah. There's a lot of players in and out the door at this time at the club. We could, we could talk all day about the players and the characters, but in particular, what about the Russians? What, they, what were they like? What have you, stories can you tell us? I remember, um, the only thing I can remember was we played Grimsby away and I think he scored a couple. Is it Uran, the striker? Uh, I think Uran was a striker, penalty, yeah, penalty, yeah. Vasily was a midfielder. Um, I think Uran got a couple of goals and, and to, they, I, I don't think to me they, they didn't really do much I don't think their heads were in the right place um, I think they come for a bit of money they, they didn't really put it in for me um, and he got a couple of goals at Grimsby and, I, and afterwards we are in the showers and everyone's like just bollocko walking around having a shower and whatever and he's just standing there foot up on one of the little ledges a bottle of beer smoking and I'm like what the f what's going on here he's just literally bollocko having a bottle of beer and having a fag in the changing room having a shower and I'm like and then someone said to Mick have you seen that out there he goes scores two goals every fucking week and do what he wants <laughs> but that's, that's the only sort of thing I can remember of them too as again I, I didn't really mix that there's a bit older than me yeah so I'm, I didn't I'm really... to check this out earlier as well you, you was involved you was on the bench the day they made their debut Remember, the Den pretty much sold out that day. Again, that was another uh, home loss to Paul Bow. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were um, yeah. characters, mate. Yeah, proper. So you said Big Mick, Big Mick leaves the club. Uh, do you remember, what did that feel for you? You know, play, a, a manager that's brought you in. I was gutted. faith in you. It is, it is brilliant, Mick McCarthy. Um, he's such a, a lovely fella. Humble, down to earth, um, stern. Um, you knew where you stood. You didn't want to mess about of him. Um, and I was absolutely gutted to hear he was going because I was thinking, well, what about me? Being selfish, do you know what I mean? I thought, I, I love it here. Mick brought me in. He's now gone. What's going to happen to me? Mm. Um, and then Jimmy Nichol coming in and he wanted to bring all his Scottish players down. So uh, the first sniff of anybody 
coming in for players at Millwall that he didn't really want or keep there. I'm surprised he, he didn't give me a chance, especially after sort of just doing well at Everton and sort of starting to break in. Mm. Um, but he's just sort of adamant. It's, no, see you later kind of thing. So the, the bid from you, when Mick turned it down, went from 1.5 to 150. one for that. Yeah. Unbelievable. And if I, if I went for one and a half, my, obviously my wage would have been better. My signing on fees and everything. Um, the club would have made a lot of money because I think they only paid 45 for me in total in the end. I think 10 grand initially and then uh, 10 grand every 10 appearances up to 30 appearances. Oh, so wow. they would have made a, a nice bit of money, but that just goes to show how much Mick fought me, which was nice, because he said, no, you're going nowhere. No matter, you know, no matter how much. But I, um, you're going nowhere, Scotty, but I am. I'm fucking off for the Yeah, off. you're going nowhere. Yeah, I'm fucking off in a month, and then you can go for half the money. On that basis, thinking about that situation, would he have not been better saying you, listen, I'm off anyway. If you want to go, go, and it'll be a good move for you. Or do you think you didn't have... Because it was quite a well thought of thing that he half had a, an eye on the island job for a while before he took it. Yeah, I don't know if he was, he was 100% he was going to get it because, you know, if he if he was and they come in for that much money, you'd think you'd just sold me straight away, wouldn't you? But he generally said, no, you're my player, you're staying here with me. Um, and I just left it at that. So I, I don't know if he was himself 100% he's going to ever leave or get the job. Um, I think he might have just come round out of the blue and then he snapped at it. Mm. And then you, you, had a, you had a good career, mate. You went Bolton, Blackpool, a few other clubs, ended up back where you started at Staines, didn't you, in the end? Yeah, I'd done the, I'd done the full rounds. I was, I was up north for about 10 years. Um, had a, you know, done well at, at Tranmere. We got to the Worthington Cup final in 2000, um, which is, a, again, a boy a dream to play in, a, in, in the final at Wembley. 86,000, 84,000. Um, we had a fantastic year that year. Um, again, that's a, another really friendly club. Tranmere fans are good. Um, and then I moved from there to Blackpool, where I sort of played in my rightful position because Tranmere was the first real club. Bolton was was good, but I was on the bench a lot. Um, and then <clears throat> they offered me another three-year deal and I was 21 then and I just said, no, I need to be playing regular first-team football now. Um, so then I went to Tranmere and I was sort of playing left of the three and, and left wing of a five in midfield. Um, and then when I went to Blackpool, then I started to play up front in my rightful position and I just scored bags of goals. Um, got in PFA team of the year that year, which was a great accolade that is, you know, all your peers voting for you. Um, it's so nice to be selected for that. Um, and then sort of moved around a little bit. And then, and as you said, ended up back at Staines, um, become player coach and then assistant manager. Um, and then sort of dropped out of it because they they offered me like a little bit less money. And I said, I'm, I'm not going to do it for that, really. Yeah. You know, it's too much, you know, going to work every day because I had to retrain. Um, and then coming home Tuesdays, Thursdays, travelling Saturdays, you know, it's quite a lot. And so I sort of left out of there. Then done a bit of scouting for a bit um, for my old mates, uh, Shrewsbury, trained a lot for Mickey Mellon. Um, and then play a bit of vet football now on the side. Mm. So you're not involved in football at all anymore? No, only only like I do charity games when clubs ask me to go back and play. Um, I mean, a, a vet team, we've got some good players to be fair, a few ex-pros. Um, and yeah, I've sort of come out for the last couple of years 
it's been quite nice having weekends to yourself and going holiday when you want, you know. I've been on holiday in November, so unheard of for a footballer. Um, the, so, con- the contract you had down the years, or like, did you all right as well, judging by the background? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's been a, it's a great career. Um, I wouldn't knock it for the world. Um, I wish Mick sold me for one and a half million, but there you go. But um, as far as the career goes, and I wouldn't change it. It's great memories. Um, something you, you've done that you've loved and you wanted to do. And I managed to do it for like 14 odd years. Um, so it's been, it's been brilliant. Great to look back on. I was going to ask you as well. We always finish off with one standout memory, but from your time at the club, I think I know what it's going to be because you've got goosebumps telling oh. me. Our nipples listening to it. Got goosebumps now, just you going on about it again. Yeah, that's, this, that's definitely one night in my whole career that I'll never, ever forget. It's just from start to finish, uh, to the coach going home, to the, all the papers, the press the next day. Um, it's just from coming from little old non-league stains, uh, to a, not even a year later playing in Everton and doing that. Um, it's, it's just dreams come true stuff for, for kids like me, you know. One final question. If you could have a night out tomorrow, tonight, whenever it is, there's no lockdown, right? This is just um, all, all um, hypothetical. Three of your old Mill teammates you're taking with you. You can only pick three of them for one last Ooh. night out. That's a tough one. Beardy will be there, I suppose. Um, you'd have to I travelled in with him so it'd be Beardy uh, probably Ben Thatcher to be honest he's another young lad at the time he's a bit of a character um, and probably Lee McRobert because we come come together at the same time so I room with him so I sort of knew him more than most Brilliant mate it's been an absolute pleasure having you on I've really really enjoyed it I'm looking forward to Thanks, it mate, yeah. and putting all your all your commentary in with the goals I'll, I'll get it sent through to you mate once it's done yeah, brilliant. It's, uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for having me on, Dan. Been been a real pleasure, mate. Brilliant. Top man, Scott. Thanks, mate. Cheers. No worries. Take care. See you later. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 